John E. Bravo is a Border City Wrestling mainstay and trainer at the Can-Am Wrestling School in Windsor. You might even see him regularly on Impact Wrestling Television. Join me, Drake Damore, as I chat with John at the Can-Am Dojo about his wrestling career in and out of the ring. Hello, how are you doing? It's Zach Cassidy. Adam Enrique. Joe Siddle. Tom Crawford. Todd Warner. Brett Romberg. DJ Laramie. And Holy Mackinac, you're listening to Wind City Sports. What up, everybody? My name is Drake Moore, and thank you for streaming or downloading this episode of the Wind City Sports Podcast. Windsor's only local sports radio show and podcast. The radio show airs live on CJAM 99.1 FM every Thursday at 12.30 in Windsor and Detroit and replays on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. You can catch every single episode of the Wind City Sports Podcast featuring the full uncut and unedited versions of interviews with local athletes and coaches, of course, wherever you're listening to it right now, directly on windcitysports.com or any podcast platform. We also have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, a YouTube channel, and much more. So give us a like, follow, subscribe, review, whatever it might be. We'll talk about that at the end of the show, as we normally do. But today is Thursday, March 26th, 2020, and it's episode 188 of Wind City Sports. It's also week two of the global quarantine, so I hope everyone is uh, keeping busy, uh, keeping themselves entertained as well, keeping themselves healthy. Um, we're going to, again, try to not talk about that as much as possible, but of course there's not going to be a ton of news because not a lot has really happened um, in the last week. Uh, I'm going to try and look up some stuff and, and go go from there. And it also kind of affects our interview for this week. This was done uh, about maybe three or four weeks ago before, uh, you know, the shit hit the fan here and everyone's locked in their house. So there was um, some stuff that we were talking about with John E. Bravo, if you didn't know. I mean, you should. If you're listening to this episode, it's John Capital Letter, Capital, oh, Jesus Christ, Capital Letter E, period, Bravo. I uh, got corrected on that myself. It was very embarrassing. Um, we talked with him about uh, some upcoming events that were supposed to be going on in Windsor and uh, across the border in the Detroit, Michigan area. Some of them for sure have been uh, postponed and or canceled, so that does affect a little bit of that. But regardless, we're, uh, we're bringing you another awesome interview from uh, a guy from not necessarily, not necessarily from Windsor, but as he says in the interview, he is tied to Windsor through his... 20 plus years with Border City Wrestling here in Windsor. They ran shows at the Chicharro Club for many years, which is when uh, John kind of started with them. Uh, he eventually got on the shows, which he does talk about, and eventually became a trainer and trainee at the uh, Can-Am Wrestling School here in Windsor. So he's always going to be tied to Windsor as a kind of a Border City guy. Um, he's from right across the border in Michigan. So thought it was perfect to get him on the show and talk about some pro wrestling. We were supposed to have Impact Wrestling slash Border City Wrestling presents Lockdown this uh, Saturday at Sinclair College, which is kind of ironic because um, it kind of became um, reality that the whole world is now locked down. And the Lockdown event can't happen anymore at Sinclair College, so that's kind of unfortunate. Uh, we talked about that, I think, last week or the week before that. They did say that they were looking to postpone it. And then since then, things just gotten much, much worse. But um, again, we're, we're trying to keep you guys entertained over the, the quarantine here. Um, I'm going to try and be streaming some some pro wrestling. We're going to stream some BCW on Twitch with uh, Brian Thompson, a past guest here, um, a character on Trauma Pro Wrestling. 
Uh, if you've never seen that, look that up on YouTube. It's done right here in Windsor as well. And uh, former co-host of the OHL Fanboys podcast. We're going to look to stream some stuff for you guys and maybe do a live chat and just have some fun, a little watch party on Facebook or something like that. And we're going to stream some Border City Wrestling and uh, stuff like that. So just trying to keep you entertained and... Uh, and whatnot. If you missed it, um, by now we should have Cedric Combat's Corner new uh, episode or slash video up on YouTube. This is pretty awesome what he's doing. Now that there's no fights going on, there's nothing for him to review on his podcast. Um, he's going back and reviewing old old footage. So we made a, a YouTube video on Cedric's um, Cedric's training sports um, YouTube channel where he reviews the entire was it Vander Holyfield? Yeah, Vander Holyfield and George Foreman fight from uh i don't even know when that was from but um you can watch along with him you can hear him kind of go over it a boxing coach from here in windsor uh giving his opinion on one of the you know biggest bouts of all time uh, so that's a pretty cool thing we have the whole fight up on youtube as well and uh cedric kind of narrating along with it um so check that out on youtube it's also on our youtube page and uh yeah so we're gonna try and um not keep it too long and not keep it too short here we're going to see if we have some some more sports news uh, later on. I mean, in case you missed it with the Windsor Spitfires, there's some stuff to talk about with them, and, and they too are trying to keep us entertained over this quarantine here. So we'll get into that after our interview with John, capital letter E, period, Bravo. Here we go. All right, so you might know this man as a wrestler, referee, manager, or anything else when it comes to professional wrestling. He's been a mainstay here with Border City Wrestling for many, many years. And uh, more recently, Impact Wrestling on your television. Every Tuesday night, John, capital letter E, Bravo. It's actually John, capital letter E, period, Bravo. Period. Then, oh, okay. Thank you for trying. I had to try that one, man. I fucking practiced you and did, everything. You did. You almost got it. I, I was just going to say it. John E. I was, I was, I was I, like, he's going to get mad. I was proud of you. I thought you almost had it, but all you bungled right. it there at the end. But that's all right. Period is that important, eh? It is that All right, we'll get to it, that. It's obnoxious, right? Okay. Like, like, saying that my name is John, capital letter E, period, bravo, is so annoying, and that's kind of the point. Okay. Of so. Okay, we'll, we'll skip just a little bit ahead. It doesn't really matter. But sure. How did that all come to be? Um, the, what, the name? Yeah. The name was uh, given to me for my first match. I didn't want to be Johnny Bravo because there was obviously the Cartoon Network yeah. Johnny Bravo. <laughs> And, and probably uh, many other Yeah, Bravos. and uh, Doug Chevalier, the, the original Canadian destroyer, uh, that predated Petey Williams, the man that trained Scott Demore. He um, was thinking of a name to call me for my first match, and they wrote in the program Little John because they had no <laughs> idea what they wanted to call me. But they 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 decided to call me Johnny Bravo because of the um, the cartoon, and Greg Brady was also Johnny Bravo. But uh, they also said too, hey, if you ever make it on TV someday, it should be John with a capital letter E and a period Bravo, just so there's no trademark uh, violations because the, the guys on TV are J-O-H-N-N-Y. And uh, for years I was like, oh, I'm never going to make it on TV, so it doesn't <laughs> matter. And then uh, I actually didn't do anything on a national level um, from 1996 until 2017, so it actually wasn't an issue till I actually did get to TV. And then, <laughs> then they were like, yeah, we have to call him. With, with a capital letter E. Okay. They, they actually talked about changing my name. Yeah, because they were like, I wanted to talk about. They were like, we can't, we can't have a referee named Johnny Bravo because that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, so they were going to call me Jonathan Bravis. Uh, but they never pulled the trigger on that. Like, they talked about it, and it was something backstage that they said they wanted to do. It was almost like the grown-up oh. version of Johnny Bravo by yeah. calling me Jonathan I thought they Bravis. did. I thought they did. They, they never actually did it. It never made it to air. And then um, Sanjay Dutt just started calling me... Uh, Johnny Bravo on air, and then it just kind of stuck. Okay. So. Okay, so 
So you kind of took the whole spin on on the name with, like you said, just I did, and I hate I hated the name at first. Yeah, yeah. I did not want to be Johnny Bravo. Like like you you get into wrestling thinking that you're going to be a badass wrestler, and then they give you a name like that. But I just I made the most of it. I made it my own, and um, that's what people know me by, and I'm, I'm making money doing it. So perfect. Yeah. And so, as you mentioned, uh, you're using the name now in Impact. That was pretty much going to be the last of the last because we were uh, going to obviously talk about the name and shit like that. Yeah. But let's go back to the beginning. So you can, sure. you can kind of say you, you've finally made it. You've been on TV now with Impact for a while. Three years, um, actually. Today's my actual three-year anniversary. No way. Today really is. Odd. Yeah. So before we get into like the whole story of it, mm-hmm. it's, it's just got to be pretty fulfilling for you, right? I mean, just, Yeah. You know. I mean, I started this in 1996. Yeah. I worked at Toys R Us for 20-plus years while I did this. And then Toys R Us in the States, as some of you may or may not know, went under. It's still around here in Windsor. But um, they went under just as my Impact career was taking off. So, um, yeah, it... it it's fulfilling because this is my only job now between impact and all my indie bookings. And I write shows for the Brooklyn brawler in Michigan. I write formats. Uh, so between doing all of that, wrestling is my only job and that's how I uh, pay my bills, which is ultimately everybody's dream. Yeah. So not to sound stereotypical, I'm living my dream. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, so before that it was strictly just day job at Toys R Us. Yeah. And then, you know, it was wrestling and, you know, Friday, yeah. Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. And, 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 and realizing that I had something to offer this business but like I couldn't really figure out what my niche was um, because I, I think I'm a good wrestler. Um, I dare I might say like I'm, I'm, I'm great at times, but like I was a late bloomer. I didn't really have start having good matches till I was like 34, 35 years old. And by then, not that it's too late, but like you start like like I'm 41 right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm only going to I'm only my body's going to only give out so much. And, and what one thing Scott Demore is good at, he's good at finding your niche. Uh, and if you're not good at one thing, he's like, "Hey, maybe you'll be good at this." And uh, they pulled me in. They pulled me into the room a couple uh, years ago and was like, "Hey, did you ever think about refereeing?" And I was like, "No, I never did, but I would do it." And he's like, "Well, we don't. We didn't want to offend you by saying, hey, you know, that you're not good enough to wrestle, but we think you would make an excellent referee.'" Uh, and if I was in my 20s, I probably would have been offended. But since I was staring down the barrel of a gun of 40 years old, I was like, "I'll do whatever you guys want me yeah. to do." And that's how that whole thing came about that's perfect yeah so basically anyone that doesn't know your character now started as a as a referee on, yeah. on impact yeah, and it's actually now that i'm thinking about it, it's completely different from what we know you as here in bcw yeah. too but uh which just let's go into it if, if from wherever you kind of remember i guess like you said so you were like fuck whatever i'll do whatever so you yeah I, I was originally told that i was gonna be a referee for jeff jarrett's new organization oh, okay. uh, gfw mm-hmm. which never really unfortunately got off the ground mm-hmm. um but Jeff and Scott got invited to Impact, and they invited me to Impact. They said, we don't have anything for you. We already have referees, but we want you to come down because we want to we put some money in your pockets and figure something out for you to do. So my first day at Impact, I was a judge in the Grand Championship, and I judged Cody Rhodes versus Moose. And Cody Rhodes super kicked me out of the chair. Uh, he was supposed to hit me in the face, but he missed, and he hit me in the chest. <laughs> And I sold the hell out of my ribs and acted like I had broken ribs. And uh, from what they tell me, uh, Jeff Jarrett was looking at them. I was like, he completely missed his face. But And then he was like, see, see Bravo sound his ribs? He's like, that's how you save a move. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of impressed them by by thinking on my feet and, and, and selling. Um, and not to get long-winded, uh, Earl Hebner just signed a two-year deal extension with them. And Earl Hebner, as some of you may know, is one of the most famous referees in the world. So I was told I was told I would never referee at Impact Wrestling because they had just locked in Earl, they had just locked in Brian, his son, and they had just locked in Brian Stifler, the other referee there. So I was told to quit asking. 
Um, so I just, okay, very respectfully said, I'll quit asking. And then, uh, long story short, um, I worked my butt off. I didn't take no for an answer. I, uh, I talked to uh, Karen Jarrett. And uh, I, after waiting on her all day and running errands for her and her son, and uh, she was going to give me a $20 tip for waiting on her all day. And I said, no, please keep your money. Like, I don't need the $20. And she was like, well, what can we do for you? And I said, I would like a job here as a referee. So I got, got my tryout the next day. And uh, they put me on an explosion match. I ref my first match there. And um, I learned from Earl, his son Brian, and Brian Stifler for like three months. Um, and then there was uh, cutbacks, unfortunately, because uh, yeah. Earl Hebner was making a fortune. <laughs> and rightfully so. He's Earl yeah. freaking Hebner. Yeah. He should be making a fortune. But they had to, uh, they had to scale back. So um, all those guys had to go, which left me as the only referee. So I, I got the senior referee spot. I mean, technically by default, just mm-hmm. because I was there the longest. Mm-hmm. But um, I excelled at it because I, I wrestled for 20-some years. I know what I expect from a referee, and I just would do it. Yeah. So, like before that, you didn't have you didn't ref at all. I never refed a day yeah. in my life. The the very first time I refed for Jeff Jarrett, um, I did the whole show by myself. There was no other refs on the show. I did seven matches in a row. I would take like two minute break in between each match, mm-hmm. get a drink of water, and uh, and they were very impressed because um they were like, hey, how many years has he been refing? And they said this was his first day. So I I excelled at it quicker than i think the average person because of my wrestling background For sure yeah. yeah i mean given the the performance of what it is right I yeah it's still a big part of the of yeah the it's way harder than people think too. Yeah. like you don't realize how hard it is till you actually get in there like anybody can referee but to actually be a good referee actually takes course, some, yeah. Yeah. some knowledge yeah like anything else so yeah. like basically you went in, into refing and the impact and like slowly kind of build you into like this guy that I think you helped uh, Hennigan, John Hennigan yeah. at the time. So wh- how did they make the decision to move you from refing and into the character? Or was um, it just like slowly kind of natural? It, it actually was from a mistake, <laughs> just like all good things in wrestling. Um, Once I go back to Cody Rhodes kicking you. Right? Yeah, it, it started It started at um, Homecoming, the pay-per-view Homecoming, uh, early, uh, I want to say 2019. Mm-hmm. Um Brian Cage versus John Morrison or Johnny Impact at the time, and uh, they did a they did a uh, they did a match where the finish didn't go exactly the way they had wanted it to go, and it looked like Brian Cage kicked out before the three count, uh, which he actually didn't. If you actually played in super duper slow motion, he was down for three, but it was a questionable. It was a questionable call, and uh, everybody questions. Oh, the ref, you know, oh, the ref okay. this, the ref that. He screwed him over. Um, so then Sammy Callahan of all people, because the, the, the crowd was so mad at me in Nashville. They, they, they wanted to kill me. I was coming out for matches and they were booing me. Um, so Callahan goes to management and says, we should have Brian Cage attack Bravo and beat the shit out of him. Am I allowed to curse on this? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So he's like, yeah, we should have, we should have Brian Cage kick the shit out of Bravo because the fans want it and they think that he screwed over Cage. So let's do it. So management liked the idea. So Brian Cage beats me up on air. They take me off of TV for a month, um, and I did production backstage, but then I, I show back up a month later. Um, to condense the story down, there were some other mistakes that happened, which I'm not really going to go into, but if you actually follow the timeline, you can watch it. The mistakes were between Kevin Cross and uh, Brian Cage. There was another mistake in another match that actually happened. It was on their end. It had nothing to do with me. Um, they decided to change stuff at literally on two and a half, 
which they shouldn't have done. Um, so the only way to really like dig out of that mess was to turn me heel, say that I'd been helping uh, Morrison all along, Johnny Impact, mm-hmm. and um, align me with him. So that was when the big heel turn happened. That was a way to that was a way to uh, address the issues and make it look like uh, that it was just a crooked referee mm-hmm. the whole time. So, so it was all you know their team kind of building the story. Yeah, were you just kind of placed into it, or were you like were you nervous at all? Um, I had my doubts. I do, I don't say I was nervous because mm-hmm. I don't I don't really get nervous anymore. Yeah, not to say nervous. I, but like leaving wrestling, going to referee. I was I was I was concerned that because um, I didn't I didn't know what they wanted. So I was like, I asked Don Callis, like the night that they turned me heel, I was like, what do you guys want me to dress like? Like, that's a big part of it. Like, am I wearing Hawaiian shirts? Am I wearing a jogging pants? Like what? Like, and he said, we never thought about that. So um, I did my best with 12 hours notice to just throw a suit together. And uh, it just was this plain purple shirt. And we did it the first night. I took myself like really seriously, which I shouldn't have done. But like, I don't know. I didn't know what I was doing. And then uh, I, I seen pictures of me and, uh, and and Morrison together, and I was like, he's he's such a good looking dude. Um, he's very shiny, and I was like, I look very plain Jane standing next to this guy. So um, I decided to look up sequin dress shirts, and that's how I I got the, these goofy clothes that I wear. And I figured I could distract that I'm not as attractive as him, <laughs> and I'm not as good looking as him, and I'm not as shiny as him by. Uh, distracting with my clothes um so the outlandish clothes that's how that whole idea came about and and oddly enough like i make all those uh those weird clothes work and it's all it's Mm -hmm. all in the confidence right like i would never wear that garbage in real life Mm -hmm. um but when i walk into the room and i'm wearing these clothes like i legit come off like i think i'm the best dressed guy in the room and that's why it works because i i have i have the i have the confidence i have the swag uh, if I didn't believe in it, like they'd be like, okay, he he doesn't believe in what he's wearing. Yeah. Um, but that's how that whole look came about. That's awesome. I mean, it's you can tell it's just one hundred and ten percent now. Like you're totally into it. And like I said, yeah. it's not the same character that we see here in no, DCW. It's right? not. It's it's. If I was the serious character that everybody's known me as for the last twenty years here in Border City Wrestling, like it's no offense to me, but people would change the channel. Like everybody here right. has supported me. The fans have supported me. They've gotten behind the serious character. Um, I've become kind of like this cult hero that everybody kind of believes in because I wasn't supposed to make it as far as I did just because I'm not 6'5", I'm not 300 pounds, I'm not jacked. Um, so I think people can relate. And he's like, hey, man, he's one of us. So I think that's why people people dig it. Um, but once I stop taking myself so serious, it's also sports entertainment. That's mm-hmm. why it's entertaining because I, I just now I'm having fun with it. I don't, I don't necessarily have to be a goofball to be entertaining but i i can be a funny guy i can i can talk um so when i cut these promos with johnny or when i cut these promos with taya i literally am just myself and that's why it works they don't hear at impact they don't really give me a script to say they just kind of give you bullet points and you just kind of go with it and that's why johnny and i worked johnny and i worked because it was basically like two dudes at a bar just clowning around having fun and toward the end of our run together we were heels and people were starting to cheer us. Like we were at the ECW arena and our promos would come up on the, on the Tron and people would start cheering just because 
like he would come up to me and say, hey, can you sing? And I'd say, no, I can't sing, but I will sing. Like the fact that I can't sing will make this promo funnier. So mm-hmm. there was a promo where him and I were singing That's What Friends Are For. And it was so wonderfully bad that people were like, this is, this is funny shit. Because yeah. um, it's stuff that everybody does. It's stuff that people do in the shower. It's stuff people do when they're, when they're behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. But if you're not afraid to do that in front of a camera, like people can relate to it. And uh, that's why it worked. The, the way it did that's great that's too good man yeah. and when that first started kind of taking off even when you were a ref too people especially here in Windsor you know if Impact was here people yelling fucking hey Johnny Bravo yeah did you not like that or were you like a little overwhelming no like, it was it was one of these things where like when I was a ref I wanted to be taken as a serious ref but whenever we'd come to Windsor like I would get heckled just because they're like oh like you know why aren't you wrestling yeah. it's like well because like I, like I hate to break it to you I'm not that good of a wrestler <laughs> like if I was that good of a wrestler I would be on TV actually wrestling and that's another thing I was also told that I would never have a match at Impact Wrestling but because of the whole manager situation and people wanting to see a manager get his ass handed to him. I've had like eight or nine matches at Impact yeah. where I was sat down and told that you're not good enough to ever wrestle here. And I, I main evented one of the shows. No way. It was me and it was me and Johnny Impact versus Rich Swan and okay. Willie Mack right before uh, Slammiversary. Oh, and we were the main event. So, you know, even though it was a comedy match and I had to pretend like I didn't know what I was doing, I can always say that I, I main invented an Impact episode, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. And again, it's the, it's the entertainment of it, right? Yeah. You make it look like you're not physical, but it's, it's the performance. For it's sure. the crowd, right? Yeah. And, you know, after all this has happened with a long indie career, wrestling career, being part of BCW for all these years, uh, let's go back to the, the beginning of BCW, at least for you. I guess... Uh, you know, and even wrestling, were you always like a wrestling fan growing up, stuff like that? Uh, I was a huge wrestling fan from as long as I can remember. Um, I just did a podcast with Tommy Dreamer, yeah, yeah. Um, and we talked about like my very first memory was like um, buying a Hulk Hogan Keeps the Title book. Um, I want to say like, I want to say like WrestleMania 2 was like mm-hmm. my first memory. Um, yeah, and it was it was something I always wanted to do. And then I watched Mr. Perfect wrestle Bret Hart at SummerSlam 91. And to me, those guys were smaller. They weren't as tall as Hulk Hogan. They weren't as big as Hulk Hogan. Even though they're big guys yeah. in general, watching them on TV, they, they're relatable. And it goes back to, hey, I could be that guy, so you relate to that guy. So when, when I seen that match, that was something I wanted to actively pursue. And when I um, got out of high school, I went to one semester of college decided college wasn't for me and then I, I found the Can-Am Wrestling School and I started okay. November of 96. Well, so you here. started training here first? Yeah, absolutely. I thought maybe you were training over in the States or something in major no. way over here like, uh, no, I, like I, a lot of other guys. No, I, I my training is Canadian oh, wow. from day one okay. because the, the, all the schools in Michigan aren't as good in my opinion so I wanted to go to the very best school that I could find and uh, this one hands down to this day is probably one of the best schools in North America. Mm-hmm. And especially if given the time it was, it was harder to find schools and yeah. even get into them probably yeah, too. Yeah, right? I, I had to, um, my neighbor was the DJ at a wrestling show in Michigan for an indie organization and I had to work for him lifting his stereo equipment for the whole show so I could meet a guy that knew a guy that had Mickey Doyle's number who got me in contact with Scott Demore. That <laughs> there, that was pre-internet, that's how you did yeah, it. Yeah. So like you knew a guy that knew a guy that knew a guy. Mm. And that's how I met. That's how I met Scott. That's how I met Mickey Doyle, and that's how I met Doug Chevalier. Um, 
because there was no there was no Google. You couldn't just find wrestling schools. There was no YouTube. You had nowhere to you you had to know somebody. Mm-hmm. That wasn't how, in the phone book. Or no. Like so that's how I that's how I started coming to this school. Yeah, I mean, connections are everything. Is something we talk about on the show with everybody. Like yeah. everyone has a no matter what sport, whatever you're in, connections are everything. And I actually thought that you trained in in Michigan because I, I swear Scott may have told me the story about you uh, getting your first kind of match on BCW. I guess you'd be at the shows kind of, you know, just wanting to get on. I think, if I'm not mistaken, and due to injuries, you ended up getting your first match. The, 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 yeah, the, the, the thing about probably where the confusion about training in Michigan was this school um, kind of went on hiatus for a while. Scott went off and did some other things. So Doug Chevalier, the Canadian destroyer, went to Michigan um, and was training kids in Michigan. So when this school wasn't functioning at the time, I, I followed him because in my brain I wanted to be trained by Scott, and if if Doug trained Scott, then I want Doug to train me. Absolutely. So I, I followed him to Michigan. So I did train in Michigan, but that's not primarily no, where no, most no. of my my training went. And uh, yeah, I was I was not good enough to be on Border City shows. Uh, Scott's absolutely right. And um, it wasn't somebody was injured; it was somebody didn't show up. They were late, and they got kicked off the show. And if you're not there by a certain time, they will kick you off the show. And that's exactly what happened. And I had my gear. And that 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 took place for years. Like, I waited yeah. for that opportunity for years. It's not like one day it just happened. It was it was months and months exactly, and years yeah. of years of me showing up with my gear and being told no. Driving home legitimately, like, in tears because I spent 14 hours setting up a show that I had nothing to do on. Um, but then once that opportunity came up, I just, I seized it and I... I legitimately probably we've been on every bcw show since probably around like 2002 mm-hmm. like i don't think i've missed one and if i have it was because i was like sick or had the flu mm-hmm. or something but i've I've been booked on i've been very fortunate yeah. to be booked on 20 plus years of shows yeah everyone will remember johnny bravo from bcw yeah. man and uh to go back to to that again 20 years probably even looking at bcw it's crazy to see how it's grown probably for yourself too right yeah it, it literally started off as small as small could be and it's to the point where like our shows were getting so big that like even impact was like we need to run shows here in windsor because the fans of windsor are so loyal they're so they're so loud they're so rowdy that it was it was like a no-brainer we were we were doing shows in orlando for impact and after like seeing that the windsor crowd was way better than the orlando crowds like why aren't we doing television tapings in windsor and it just it kind of just all the big BCW shows kind of morphed into a national yeah. television show with Impact. So when people go, hey, there's not a lot of BCW shows anymore, it's like, hey, every time we come to town as Impact, it basically is BCW. It just morphed into this convenient thing for Impact, and it, it morphed into... Because like, what could you keep doing at BCW? Like, like Other than bringing in Hulk Hogan, like we've done <laughs> almost everything there is to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the way to keep it fresh is like bring the TV show here. Um, so it's it's turned into like the smallest indie organization. It's grown into basically this national television show that people uh, watch mm-hmm. on a weekly basis. Yeah, and it's, and for all wrestlers, especially yourself, you know, you're involved in the ring and behind the scenes. So just to see it all unfold, like you said, from from nothing is is crazy. Yeah, it had a lot of it happening here in Windsor, and uh, it goes full circle now. You wanted to come to the school, you ended up getting your break with BCW. Mm-hmm. It's been twenty years almost now. Now you're uh, it's actually twenty four years. I started in 96 and it's 2000, so we're coming up on 25. Mm-hmm. And now I'm one of the trainers here at the yeah, school. That's what I was getting to. Yeah. Um, I help train the kids. I've helped train a lot of the BCW kids. You know, I helped train um, Aiden Prince. I helped I helped train uh, Reverso, all those guys that you see on the Impact shows. You know, I've, I've helped out with that. Um, some of them have um, 
over the years have let me down uh, and have gone away. I have disappeared, uh, but some of them have stayed and persevered and have made something of themselves. Um, Tyson Dukes was a trainer here for a couple years. You know, he, he was good at the time when he was here. He, he, he helped me with my self-confidence because that's, a lot of that's confidence, right? Like, if you don't have confidence, you, you're not really going to advance in this sport. And uh, at the time that I started working with Tyson, I didn't really have a lot of confidence, and he, he helped me with that. Um, it was always there. He just he helped bring it out. But then Tyson had to leave and do his thing. So um, God bless him. He's he's off doing his mm-hmm. chasing his career and chasing his dreams. And then somebody has to step up, and uh, that that person was me. So um, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you're enjoying it. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing the future and uh, the gut check going on. Yeah, right it's now as it's well. it's also gratifying to help out the younger kids yeah. because if they succeed, then I succeed. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. It's come full circle now, yeah, almost for sure. there, right? And uh, what was that here? Oh yeah. So, is there anyone else coming up? Maybe that I guess it kind of relate to this uh, gut check thing. Or is there anyone that people might not have their eyes on? Are we talking specifically in gut check or the school? No, in no, no, no. Just in in general, and maybe even outside of here that you're seeing in, in the world of wrestling um, that you're kind of a fan of. I suppose. To, to be honest with you, a lot of the uh, I think a lot of the talent hasn't been found yet. We're we're going through this this period here at the school. The gut check I thought was very successful. We brought we brought guys in from all over the country. We had Canadian guys. We had Tyler Turba. We had um, Jackson Stone, who's from Detroit. We had uh, Clayton Gaines from Ohio. We had a couple of the uh, the OVW guys from Kentucky. Um, it's it, we're we're really busy filming TV right now. So um, I actually have to sit down and talk to Scott to see when we're doing the next semester. Um, I think when we decide on a date, I think because of the exposure that the school has gotten from Gut Check, from Impact, um, I think it's going to bring a lot of people out of the woodwork that are going to want to come to this school. Um, and yeah, there, there are some people in Michigan um, that I did have my eye on um, that I actually plucked out of Michigan. I, I, I got them positions in various different forms at Impact Wrestling, and I thought that they could be something uh, big. Uh, but they let me down by quitting, so I'm not going to mention who they are <laughs> because I'm not going to give them. I'm not going to give them that press. Yeah. Uh, I wish them well. I hope they do succeed. But I'm not going to say, "Hey, man, I believe this kid's got it." When uh, the kid kind of made me look like a fool for going to bat for him, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that to myself, and yeah, uh, maybe y'all could figure it out someday. There's been a couple of them, so yeah, uh, they out. probably know who they are. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably get some cryptic message on Facebook of. I don't care what people think about me. That's usually directed at me. <laughs> it usually but is. I find that wrestling, like in regards to scouting, is very, uh, I don't even know what the word is. It depends on where you are. It's who you know. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. It, it, because it, if it was based off of talent, a lot of people sh- that should have made it would have made it. Of course, it. yeah. But yeah. It, it legitimately is who you're friends with, who you know. It's also right place, right time. It's, yeah. it's such a timing thing. Like, like uh, you know, all these guys got got um chances for tna back in the day um you know a1 you know uh showtime eric young who came up through bcw he didn't train here i mean he did train here at times but he's not from this school originally but scott used to book him he used to book bobby rude uh pd williams is from the school chris saban is from the school Uh, alex shelley is from the school um so all these all these guys come up through this system and i like i wasn't on that level so to to get an opportunity um, all these years later to like contribute and be in the right place in the right time and, and impress Jeff Jarrett and, and have him go to Scott and say, hey, man, like I like this Bravo guy. And he's like, Bravo? Like he's done nothing for like 15 years. Um, Scott can't go to bat for me if, if, if 
if I'm a piece of shit, you know what I mean? So you impress Jeff Jarrett and he's like, hey, I like this kid. And Scott's like, yeah, I've, I've known him for almost 20 years. He is a good guy. Let's give him a chance. So like it was, it literally was right place, right time. And without Scott, I would not be where I am today. I, there would not be the level of um, career that I've had. I wouldn't be on TV. Like I, I literally owe him everything and I will forever be indebted to Scott Demore and Can-Am Wrestling School and, and, and the people of Windsor for that matter. Absolutely, man. Yeah, that brings it to BCW, right? Yeah. BCW is, is a Windsor thing and that's what I mean. It's that Windsor, Windsor what do they call it? The Facebook thing, Windsor uh, Wrestling uh, Windsor Club. Wrestling Community, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a real thing, to be honest. And, and I'm sure you're seeing it over there in Michigan too. This is probably helping you with the shows that you're promoting over yeah. in, in Michigan as well. Yeah, I work for the Brooklyn Brawler and yes. a guy named Brian Mayday. Um, they run UCW, and I think there's a couple of UCWs. Yeah, UCW. That's what I thought it was UCW Ultimate Champion, but like, I was like <laughs> there's, no, the, there, there's, use, there's a UCW in Canada. There's also UCW in Michigan, but I, I write the shows there. I write the formats. Um, I book the shows there, and I get paid really good money to write shows for the Brooklyn Brawler. I mean, like, like I literally just get to sit down and write whatever absurd story he wants to do. And if he doesn't like it, he changes it because he's the Brooklyn Brawler. He can do whatever he wants. I'm not going to tell him no. And they pay me really good to do that. I mean, like, who wouldn't want to do that for a living? Mm -hmm. Just literally sit down on my phone and just type ideas as they come to me. And then people just give me money to do it. Like, it legitimately, like, I should be giving them money to do it. But they're paying me to do it. Which I wouldn't have if I didn't come to this school. Yeah. So, Like you said, living the dream, right? Yeah, for sure. So to wrap it up, what do we got coming up? We got March 28th. We got March Rinser. 28th lockdown. When is this going to air, by the way? This is hopefully going to air right before it. Okay, less. so lockdown. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet, please get your tickets. It probably It's going to be at St. Clair College. Um, and then the very next night in Detroit, actually Belleville, Michigan, we're doing another Impact show at the Diamondback Saloon uh, on March 29th. Uh, from the timeline of this point of view, we got TV in Atlanta coming up. So um, just watch Impact you know, every Tuesday at 8 p.m. I believe here it's what, on the Fight Network? Mm -hmm. It's Access TV in the States. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, just keep supporting the product, and um, it, 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 the product has improved over the years. This this particular management group with Scott and Don, um, they've really taken impact to somewhere where I don't think people thought it could go because uh, it was it was dead for years, and, and people had written it off. But it, it, it's not even the same company anymore. It's it's such a better product than it was just three years ago. Like I said, today is my three year anniversary with Impact, and even back then watching it i was like wow like this product is suffering and it, it in my opinion it's probably one of the best tv shows out there for wrestling and i'm not just saying that because i work oh, absolutely. there you know absolutely. it legitimately is in my opinion i agree man and uh, anything over in michigan or is that just johnny bravo <laughs> um no i i do stuff in michigan we do ultimate like championship UCW yeah we do the yeah. ucw stuff uh they have a website ultimate championship wrestling.com um we run probably about once a month we just had tommy dreamer and sergeant slaughter here and uh, I think it was just like a month ago. Um, and we're planning our next big show in October where we're going to bring in some names. I can't throw those names out there yet, but a couple um, couple names that we're thinking about getting. Don't hold me to it. Possibly Diamond Dallas Page, possibly Ric Flair. Um, those have been some of the names that have been thrown out there. But that's like once, twice a year we do the big shows. Uh, the, the, the smaller shows, we try to keep the impact people. Like I, I booked Rohit Raju. Uh, Hakeem Zane, Jake something slash cousin Jake. Mm -hmm. Like I bring those guys in because they're from Michigan and it's easy. You, you literally say, hey, as seen on Impact and you book it for UCW. Yeah. So uh, yeah, check them out as well and just uh, keep watching the product, you know. Perfect, man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to do this. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, John 
E Bravo on Win City Sports. Finally, I'm surprised I haven't reached out to him in the past. Actually, I'm not too sure why, but um, he's one of those guys in, in Port City Wrestling. As he talked about himself, you know, he knew he wasn't really uh, that good to be on the shows and stuff. He's a guy that has been around for so long that the crowd has almost gotten behind him. <laughs> Although he's always been that bad guy that nobody likes. He's always in, you know, one of the first matches. Um, usually not the best ones, you know, and usually on the losing side of things. He He's gained the respect of the crowd over, you know, 20 years, rightfully so. Um, but it's crazy to, you know, if we were to rewind 10 years ago and someone mentioned Johnny Bravo to me, I'd just laugh my ass off. Now you think like, yeah, yeah, I, I know who he is. He's been in BCW forever. Do you see him on Impact now? He was with Johnny Morrison. Like, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool to see uh, see the success he's gained just by, you know, working hard and, and, and not just that Toys R Us. Uh, his only job, you know, Toys R Us and pro wrestling. It's uh, That's quite the story, man. That's quite the life. And it's got to be cool to be able to, like you said, live your dream and just do professional wrestling, uh, you know, day in and day out. You know, training wrestlers, watching wrestling, doing wrestling. Uh, for people that don't watch a lot of it, yeah, you have no idea what goes on behind behind the scenes, backstage, and what that guy could be doing at an Impact Wrestling taping in Windsor. Um, you know, from sunrise to sunset, could it could vary from minute to minute. He could be doing everything or anything. So it's pretty cool. Again, that that professional wrestling tie here in Windsor from my cousin Scott Demore, of course, has created something um, out of the fan base that was already here. It's been a long history of professional wrestling in Windsor, uh, right across the border from Detroit, of course. So uh, it's cool to kind of highlight these stories from people who, again, maybe not are from Windsor, but are tied to Windsor uh, now with Border City Wrestling. As mentioned earlier uh, in the past weeks of the show, Sheldon Jean is a former guest here on, on Wind City Sports. He was on twice. Um, he was a professional wrestler with Border City Wrestling. And now he's in um, Big Brother Season 8. So, uh, again, just something that started here in Windsor and has grown uh, this guy's career to television. So, again, it's pretty cool. Um, we don't have a ton of sports news, as mentioned earlier. I'm trying, I th I'm trying to think of some more stuff. Oh, yeah, so, of course, uh, Impact uh, Lockdown is canceled now that we know. Uh, as we talked with Johnny, we talked about his upcoming shows that... Likely might not be happening, but uh, hopefully we get back to normal and um, we'll make up those dates and hopefully still make uh, the ones that, you know, the timeline hasn't gotten to yet and that they aren't canceling. There's two pieces of news right now that I have. Pretty much that's it so far. If you missed it, the CHL has officially canceled the entire playoffs for all three other leagues, including the OHL in our Windsor Spitfires. Um, I'm not sure if I previously mentioned it last week. Uh, so much is going on. I don't even know what day it is anymore. Um, we um, we had the rest of the re regular season canceled, and they were trying to come up with a timeline of when they would be able to play the playoffs. But that's just not going to happen. They just they completely canceled that, as well as the Memorial Cup this year. So there's going to be none of that. Um, as mentioned at the top of the show, the Spits are trying to... Um, keep us entertained during this time and they are doing something interesting um, they're streaming or simulating I should say and streaming their remaining games on NHL 20 um, so to my understanding I think there is maybe 10 regular season games on the OHL schedule at the time that it was postponed and what they're doing is on those days that they were supposed to play they will go on Twitch and they'll have someone go on NHL um, 
20 on PS4 or Xbox or whatever. And uh, if you didn't know, they have the whole CHL in there. So, you know, we have the Windsor Spitfires legit team. And they put them up against whatever team they're supposed to play that day. And they sim the game. You can watch live. You can chat with them. And, again, it's just something fun to watch. That's what we're going to try to do with Brian Thompson um, and the Border City Wrestling DVDs that I have. So we'll try and create some stuff with that. He's also got a lot of game footage from the Windsor Spitfires from over the years. So hopefully we'll get some of that going just to keep us busy. In the meantime, I do really like that they're doing that. Um, you know, again, just something fun and interesting. Uh, now some more serious news. Um, as early as Tuesday, the Olympics are officially postponed for at least a year. Previously, they had announced that, um, or sorry, Canada announced that they will not be sending any of their athletes to the Olympics if they choose to go through at the scheduled date and they're not postponed. Um, the follow-up from that is that the, the whole event is postponed. So hopefully it still gets done, you know, maybe a year from now. We did have one um, one guy, Jordy Steen, from the Tecumseh area that was going to be going for Olympics and a lot more hopefuls in the track and field discipline who are looking to, uh, you know, rather make their debut at the Olympics from here in Windsor, like Corey Belmore or people who are looking to return, like uh, Melissa Bishop. So we'll see what happens in the near future, but that's pretty much all we got this week for you guys. There's not a lot to talk about. I hope you all enjoyed my interview with Johnny Bravo. But that's it this week on Win City Sports. We're here every Thursday still, no matter what, with a brand new episode of the Win City Sports radio show and podcast. The radio show airs live on CJAM 99.1 FM in Windsor and Detroit at 12.30 and replays on Tuesdays at 8. You'll hear highlights from the podcast interviews, some good music, and as much local sports news as we normally can. Um, here on the podcast, you hear the whole full uncut and unedited version of the interview with whoever it may be and uh you know some local sports news and me just shooting the shit about whatever is on my mind you can follow us on twitter facebook instagram give us a like follow subscribe whatever it is uh you can subscribe to us on our youtube channel win city sports we're on spotify apple Podcasts, any podcast platform so follow us on there as well leave us a review or you can directly go to wincitysports.com to find all 188 and more episodes and of course you can follow me Drake Demore on Twitter and Instagram at Drake Demore. But until next week, smell you later. <laughs>